I've heard that song hundreds of times. But when Linda plays it, it sounds brand new. You ever notice that? Every time she plays something, even though she plays my favorite hymn every once in a while, and, and I, I love that hymn, but when she plays it, it sounds completely different. And that's, that's, a, that's a gift right there. That's a blessing. Thank you so much. Um, if you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 15. I've entitled this sermon, The Lost Coin. You know, I was talking to the children there, and that's kind of what we're going to be talking about today is it's the value that God places upon us. When I look at myself, I think that he's really overestimated my value. But today we're going to look at one of Jesus' parables, uh, the lost coin. And this parable is often overlooked and People don't talk about it too much. Pastors don't preach on it a whole lot because it's in the middle of two more popular um, parables. The parable of the lost sheep and the lost son, the prodigal son. But each of the three parables describes the finding of a lost item and the joy and celebration as a result. On Wednesday nights, we're studying uh, how Jesus ministered to people one at a time. And he had a way of focusing upon, uh, on people who needed him. He showed his love for them as he went out of his way to reach them, like going to Samaria, like I told the children, going to the Samaria to see the woman at the well. And he was able to let people know they were important and had great value to him, one at a time. And we need to see the same value that Jesus put on them. We need to see that in all people. So if you have your Bibles open, turn. we'll look at 15. We'll read the first 10 verses. The Bible says, Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes murmured, saying, This man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. And he spake this parable unto them, saying, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doeth not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he find it? And when he had found it, he laid it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he called together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say unto you, that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than over ninety-nine just persons which need no repentance. Neither... Uh, either what woman having ten pieces of silver, if she lose one piece, doeth not light a candle and sweep the house and seek diligently until she find it. And when she had found it, she calls her friends and her neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the piece which I had lost. Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you this morning and thank you, Father, for your wonderful grace to us. And Father, we thank you for your love and your mercy. We thank you for salvation that you provided through Christ, through his shed blood that washes away our sins. And Father, we look at that wonderful gift of love that you give us in your Son. And we see the value you have for us, for all people. Because Jesus came to die for the sins of the world. 
that all who believe on him will not perish and have everlasting life. And Father, we, we understand that, Father, but sometimes getting into our hearts and into our heads is another thing. That our value comes from you. Not from what we do and, and, and the, the positions we have in life or the money we have in the bank. Our value comes from you. And that value is given to everyone. Because your word tells us you're not willing that any should perish, but all come repentance. And Father, as we look at this parable here and understand the, the value you put on people, let us be clear that we understand our mission, that we understand the, the work of the church, and that is to go out and look for those that are lost. Lord, help us to, to hear your word, but more importantly, Lord, apply it to our hearts. And then let our feet get the message and go and do what you've called us to do. For we love you and we thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The first three verses of chapter 15 explains why Jesus gave us these three parables. The scribes and Pharisees were murmuring that he was interacting with sinners and tax collectors. That he was spending time with them instead of religious people. The Pharisees would never do this. The Phar- ain't no way a Pharisee would go into a place and sit down and eat with sinners. They had a reputation to maintain. They had people looking at them. They, wouldn't, they didn't want people murmuring about them the way they were murmuring about Jesus. It just wasn't done. It was a class system. If you were the religious leader, you only spent time with the other religious leaders. You didn't deal with those people who didn't know. The temple was even divided into sections. But he uses these parables to teach them his heart and his love for sinners. The parable of the lost coin refers to the parable of the lost sheep and prepares us for the parable of the lost son. But we're going to focus on the lost coin. So what does Jesus want us to know? Well, first of all, we see the value of one that is lost. Look at verse 8. Either what woman, having ten pieces of silver, if she lose one piece, doeth not light a candle and sweep the house and seek diligently till she finds it. Jesus tells the story of a woman who lost a coin. Instead of going on and forgetting about the coin, starting, uh, she starts the process of finding, of looking for, of searching the house to try to find it and restore it to where it needs to be her proper place. The coin here represents the sinner that is lost to God. And as the coin is valuable to the woman, so is the souls of the lost to God. So let's look at the value of this coin. It's a silver coin. It's a, a drachma. The drachma uh, was a one day's wage for a man in this time. If a man lost a coin, it, it, it wouldn't be good. I mean, that's, that's a day's pay he just lost. But he knows he's going to work tomorrow and, and, and make another coin. And he already, he's got nine more. He's not that concerned. I mean, he'll look for it. But if he doesn't find it, he doesn't find it. But it's interesting here that Jesus said this is a woman who lost the coin. Because this is a, this is a, a, a day's pay for a man, not for a woman. And if the woman's in the house and this is all she has, and she has these ten coins, these ten silver coins, and she loses one... That's a big deal to her. 
she, I don't know how she'd have to work to make that much money again. It was harder for her to replace it than it would be for the man. And the object of the parable is to teach us the value of one sinner to the Lord. People are not created to live their lives in sin and disobedience. God created man for one purpose, for his glory. In Isaiah 43, 7, he says, Even everyone that is called by my name, for I have created him for my glory. I have formed him, yea, I have made him. We are made and created for God, for his pleasure to bring glory to him. (coughs) Our value is seen in the fact that we are created not just by the loving hands of God, but created in his image. Genesis 1.26 said, And God said, Let us make man in our own image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. God said, I'm going to make man in my image, and I'm going to give them dominion over all creation. Because we were special to God. We were valuable to Him. We were the caretakers of His creation, of the Garden of Eden. And we were made to have fellowship with God. Genesis uh, 3.8 And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves in the presence of the Lord uh, God amongst the trees of the garden. Adam and Eve sinned. And what did they do? They hid. Hid from what? From God who was coming out in his normal time to spend time with them, to fellowship with them. Because this is what he did. He just didn't create this and then stand back and just say, okay, that's it, let's see what happens. He created it because it was for his glory and for his honor, and he came down to spend time with his creation. They're in his image, they're given free will, and he comes down because he wants to spend time with them. But after they sinned, Adam and Eve hid from God. And he called for them. And he's still calling for man. And man is still hiding from him. When man sinned, he became a lost soul separated from God. Isaiah 59.2 says, But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you, that he will not hear. We are separated from God because we're born into sin, and because we sin by nature. But just because we're sinners, just because we're separated by God, just because we're hid from him, just because he won't hear us, we still have the value. That was a silver coin that she lost. When it's in her purse, it has great value. She can go buy whatever she wants to. But when she lost it and couldn't find it, it still had the same value. She just needed to find it. The coin was precious to the woman. We are, the, the people are still precious to God. These people out here today who are living their lives the way they want to, doing what they want to, who don't care about God, don't even know God, don't even recognize that there is a God. He's still calling for them. He's still searching for them. He's still looking for them. Why? Because they still have value to him because they're made in his image. They're simply lost. And God is searching with all he has. And we know that God is searching with all he has. John 3.16 For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. God said, I'm going to make it simple for them. 
They have a, a, a sin debt that they can't pay. I'll pay the debt. They need righteousness they can never get. I'll give them righteousness to my son. They can't have uh, forgiveness of sin without the, the shedding of blood. I'll shed the blood of my son. God is doing all he can to let people know, I love you. You're valuable to me. You're lost. I'm looking for you. I've left mine to come and find you because you are valuable to me. His son came to provide salvation. And Jesus has sent his search out as a search party going looking for the lost. We are the candle he lights to search for the lost. We are to sweep so that no one slips by. Ephesians 2, 19-22 says, Now therefore, ye are no more strangers or foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. And you are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, and Jesus Christ himself uh, being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building fits uh, fitly framed together, groweth into the holy temple of the Lord, in whom ye also are built together in an inhabitation of God through the Spirit. Church, sometimes we forget what we are. Sometimes we think, I got salvation, I am saved, I am going to heaven, now I can go on and live my life the way I want to. No. You're no longer uh, a citizen here, you're a citizen of heaven. You no longer belong to this world, you belong to God. You're no longer working for self, you're working for the kingdom of God. You're not now just living for yourself, you're looking for lost souls. One at a time. You're going out and telling people, shining that light, sweeping, make sure nobody slips by. Nobody should ever go without hearing the gospel from his church. The Pharisees couldn't understand why Jesus spent so much time with sinners. But Luke 19.10 says, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost, because they are precious and valuable to him. All people are valuable to God. Church, are we diligently searching? Are we shining his light into this dark world? Are we sweeping up so we don't miss anyone? Do we see the value that God places on all sinners? It's easy to say, I do. It's easy for me to sit here and say, yeah, I see value in everyone. But the truth of the matter is, I think there's a whole lot of Pharisee in this. Well, we would rather spend time here with God's people than out someplace where, where there's no God's people. We're eat, we can talk freely here about God and his love. We're not so freely talking when we're out by ourselves or with people who don't believe. But we have to understand here that our search must be very important in our service to God. Look at verse 8 one more time. It says, Either that woman having ten pieces of silver, if she lost one piece, doeth not light a candle and sweep the house and diligently seek until she find it. The woman's search for the coin was intense. 
The minute she realized the coin was lost, she took action. She lit a candle. Didn't have to be night, it could have been day, but inside the, the homes and the windows were very small. And so she lit the candle so she can look in the corners and she can look underneath things. She starts moving stuff around. Had dirt floors, so she's sweeping up the dirt. Maybe it got stepped on. Maybe it was buried in the dirt. So she's sweeping up, seeing if she can find that coin. She's dealing, she's looking. She's not going to stop until she finds it. She had the will to find it, and she worked until it was found. Don't forget why Jesus spoke this parable. The sheep and the coin both represent sinners. He is determined to search for them until they believe in him, until they truly see that he is the Savior that they need. Jesus is searching for what is valuable to him. And he expects his church to be diligently seeking for the lost. If it is important to Jesus, then it must be important to us. We must go to where the lost are. This is our service to God, to share the gospel, to, to, to search diligently. Because the lost are in darkness. 2 Corinthians 4.4 4 says, In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is in the image of God, should shine into them. They're blinded. Adam and Eve was hiding behind trees, but these people are blinded by the Satan. They can't see the light. They can't see who God is. We must shine that light so they can understand. The lost are also in the dirt. She was sweeping through the dirt. Uh, Psalms 40, 2-4 says, He brought me up also out of, the mire, out of the horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon the rock, and established my goings. And he had put a new song in my mouth, even praise, of our God, uh, praise unto our God. Many shall see it in fear, and shall trust the Lord. Blessed is that man that maketh the Lord his trust, and respecteth not the proud, nor such has turned aside the lies. As she's sweeping through there, sweeping through the dirt trying to find that coin, the wonderful example is that the church now, who's out there sweeping through the dirt trying to find those lost souls, were once also in the dirt. Think back to when you got saved. There was someone praying for you. There was someone who told you the gospel. There was someone who came and witnessed to you and told you about their life and their experiences with Jesus Christ. There's someone who came and looking for you because Jesus sent them to look for you. Now, as the church, we should be doing the same thing. He took us out of the dirt, set us upon a rock on a firm foundation so we no longer believe the lies, and now we're sifting through the dirt trying to find those who don't know. God's desire to collect his valuables and return them to where they belong with him. All are valuable. All have a place in heaven. If they would only believe and receive Jesus by faith. In our Sunday school class, we're talking about, um, we're getting near the end of Revelations. We're in chapter 21, and we see the new Jerusalem, the place where God has prepared for his people. The place is massively huge. And it says there's no temple in there. There's no place for a sacrifice in there. You know why? Because God's there. Because the Lamb of God is there. Because they're there amongst the people. That's the, that's the goal. That's where it needs to be. That's the change purse that the woman's carrying around. She takes the coins and puts them in her change purse. God takes the lives and puts them where they belong, in heaven with him. Where he can cherish them for all eternity. 
We're like jewels to God. He's not willing that any should perish, but all come to repentance. We can't forget what we once were. Romans 5 eight says, But God commanded his love towards us, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We were once the lost sheep, the lost coin. God searched for us. He had people looking for us. And now we, his church, are now searching with his message of love. Acts 16.31 says, And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in thy house. That's the message the world needs to hear. Jesus said in Matthew 11.28, Come unto me, all ye that are are labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And once the lost comes to Jesus in faith, believers, um, and believes that he is the Son of God who offers salvation, then they will never be lost again. John 10, 28 says, And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. It's the security. Why did the shepherd leave the 99 to go look for the one? Because they belong to him. Nothing's going to take them out of his hand. But he's going to go find the one that got away. Our service to God is to let everyone know that Jesus is searching for them that they are valuable, that he loves them so much, he's commissioned the church to be the search party to go and look for. Are we searching? Are we taking the message to the lost? Are we truly serving God if we are not going to those who don't believe? It's important to God. Finally, Because the joy of finding the lost coin, the lost soul, is overwhelming. Look at 9 and 10. And when she had found it, she called her friends and her neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which which I had lost. Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repents. Isn't it wonderful? 35 years ago, I keep saying 30, when, 35, when I was 35, I was in a miserable state. I was at the house by myself. Missy and AJ had gone to church, and I was sitting there, and I was miserable. And I picked up the Bible that the preacher had got me. I started reading Romans 5, and I accepted Christ as my Savior. I was alone, by myself, weeping and crying, pleading with God to forgive me. If I could just sing the celebration in heaven. The angels rejoicing that one had come into repentance. She calls everyone. She celebrates with me. Celebrate with me. The, the coin that I lost, I found. The angels rejoice over one sinner. Why? Because they understand the mission. They understand the goal. Seek and save that which is lost. Do we? Do we truly understand the mission that we have? If we spend our time rejoicing with each other over the fact that we have been found, we're missing out on our mission. Our celebration will be at the wedding feast of the Lamb. Now heaven's waiting to rejoice because God's church is outreaching the lost. Ephesians 2, 4-6 says, But God, who is rich in mercy 
for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace you are saved, and hath raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Listen, church, we don't come here on Sunday mornings, and we don't come here on Wednesdays, so that we can make sure we stay saved. No. We come here on Sunday mornings, and we come here on Wednesdays, and, and any other time we come here to, or any time we gather together together, is so we can strengthen each other, and we can let God strengthen us, so we can become the church he wants us to be, so we can go out on this mission of seeking the lost, so we can tell them what they need to hear, so that we're diligently searching, not willing that any should slip by, that we're shining that light even into the darkest places. It means we're going to have to get dirty. It means we're going to have to go where we don't want to go, to talk to people we normally wouldn't talk to. Why? Because they're valuable to God. How are, we, um, how are you doing in your search for the lost? Are you going where uh, they, are, uh, they need the light shines into their lives? Do you realize that the church is a search party? We can't stop looking because all of heaven is waiting and watching to rejoice for each soul that returns to God. So I don't know where you're at. I don't know how well you are about witnessing to people, about talking to people about Jesus Christ. But it's our job. It's our goal. It's the mission that he puts us on. So I have some suggestions here for you this week. If, uh, I wrote these down. It gives you something to think about. Maybe it's something you can do. Um, just a way of getting out there to talk to people, to witness to them. One, have a conversation with a stranger. doesn't have to be a spiritual conversation. Just have a conversation with them. Someone you don't know, someone you see someplace. Just start a conversation, see where that conversation takes you, see where God leads to that conversation. Two, give a card to someone, inviting them to church. Easter's coming up. It's a great time to invite people to church. Three, share your testimony with someone you know, but you've never had a spiritual conversation with. Four, go somewhere you've never been. That's easy to do, isn't it? We're creatures of habit. We go to the same grocery store. We go to the same place to get our gas. We go to the same everything. Change it up a little bit. Go someplace different. Go someplace you've never been. See what God does with that as, as you go out in different places. Five, make a list of people that you know that are lost and begin to pray over that list daily. Pray over each name. You'll never reach someone until you start praying for them. And finally, pray for each other. Because we're in this together as we go out and talk to people, witness to people, and search for the lost. Every head bow, every eye closed. Church, this is important. It's important to God. It's important to our service. Jesus didn't give them one parable. He gave them three. He talks about the sheep. He has 99. He loses one. Well, that's not good. That's not, that's not something he's willing to give up. And he goes out looking for that one. Why? Because that one has, has just as much value as the 99 he has. He gives us the parable of the coin. 
He makes sure that they know that this is a woman looking for the coin. That means that coin is more valuable to her because she's not a man. This time women were uh, uh, less able to make a living for themselves. She wasn't going to do anything except look for that coin until it was found. And she did. And there was rejoicing for that. The message there is Jesus says, Church, I'm not willing that any of these people should perish. I'm not willing that any of them should be lost. The Bible's very clear that hell was created for Satan and his demons. But hell's going to be full of people who rejected Jesus Christ. I don't want people in Covington to be in hell because Covington Baptist wasn't out searching for them, shining the light, sharing their testimony, telling them about Jesus and his great love. He goes on to tell about the parable son, the prodigal son, I'm sorry. The parable about the, the, the boy who left his father's house to go live on his own and came back and said, I just want scraps off your table. But the father was so happy he was back, he put a ring on his finger and a robe on him and had a feast. That's the value God has for us. As we look around these people who are just, who are living for self and who are so bombarded with sin and, 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 and they don't understand, they 